are more involved. Like I've streamed on the channel before and everything. And then just eventually going to PAX West, they're like, sweet. I finally get to meet everyone in person. This is going to be great. And then at PAX, I'm like, this is a lot when it comes to peopling. And I'm not used to this, but I'm here for the really. Play. Yeah. You're not a people person. Oh, I mean, obviously the robotics thing. I'm like, okay, it says something. It's like, I could see you in your garage, like tinkering or something like that. Like, I, don't know. I don't people well, but based on your cosplays and just going to all these events, I, in my head, I'm just like, well, what's the problem here? Like, I just, that's not one of my anxieties. So it's just oh. weird to be like, really? Everybody seems like they're scared of crowds now. I don't know. I mean, other than COVID clearly, but I don't know. There's just like a general anxiety. Like, Oh, I don't, I don't do well with people. It's like, Really? Okay. You seem like a very, you seem like a people person, I, I guess is what I'm saying. I am if I'm like in a place where I'm comfortable. So like robotics competitions, if I know someone else there, I'm like, cool, I'm happy. Like I could just walk in. I also with, with robotics competitions, I could literally walk in and I get recognized and people are like, oh, it's her. Cause I've done world championships. <laughs> like I've gone all over. People just recognize my face. So I, I know like, okay, these are my people. I'm going to be comfortable and like, no one's going to give me a hard time for anything and that kind of stuff. Pax, yeah, I, yeah. I brought, yeah. yeah, Pax, I brought a friend because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable and I'm going to be awkward and just like go back to the hotel and do nothing if I don't bring someone to go with me. Not realizing I was already going with folks who are very outgoing. So then eventually I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not, I guess this isn't bad. This is fine. And then Comic-Con, I went by myself and I just like did my own thing the whole time and met up with someone afterwards that I knew. I'm like, okay, this is, this is not bad. I've also been to New York Comic-Con every like other year or so. So I knew some, some of like the photographers already and knew other people. So I'm like, I can be comfortable here. It's not that big of a deal. Like throwing me in like a whole new situation. And I'm like, yeah, I'm against the wall. I'm like with my water, just like people watching, <laughs> like what's going on here? Is there like anything I need to be concerned about? Like, cool. <laughs> um, Thank you for coming onto this podcast, by the way. I greatly sure. appreciate it. No problem. I love, I, I do lots of interviews and podcasts. So it's just like, yeah, great. This is love, love to come on. And obviously, you know, anytime we get word out about the charity, happy to jump on and, and do the talk, you know? So yeah. So thanks for having me on. Do you go by your name here? Do you go by Panda? What do I call you here? Nikki, Camilla, either one works. Okay. I'm not super picky. The only thing I'm picky about is like, if you find out my last name, just don't say it. That's that's pretty much okay. it. Where did all right? So Camilla Panda versus Nikki. Like Nikki's obviously a real name, but where did Camilla Panda come from? That is a why not Nikki Panda. So that was a wonderful robotic story that I have. Okay. Go so ahead. I I've had like dual social media accounts, kind of with like the Camilla Panda or the Nikki Panda for years because I my real name's Nikki and I want folks to find me for robots, so I had Nikki Panda for a bit. I got Camilla Panda on Twitter and Twitch because Nikki Panda was taken. Uh, Camilla is a long-standing nickname I had and a few of my robotics friends. I had in high school someone who really loved Base Hunter. They were one of my friends at robotics. 
Space Hunter's like this EDM artist that is from uh. Um, uh, somewhere on the other side of the globe. I I I want to say Sweden, Netherlands. Sure. Yeah, because the songs are in Sweden or Swedish. So they really like that person. They had this whole costume and everything that they'd show up in. And it was hysterical. And one day we were just like joking around. They go, you're going to be the Camilla. You're going to be like Base Hunters Camilla, but for robotics. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be great. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll be Camilla. It'll be a thing. Fast forward to like 2015, I start being an MC at robotics competitions. I have fulfilled the joke of being the Camilla because I started to MC and that was the goal. And that's maybe I'm missing the Cam- the Camilla part. Is that was that part of Base Hunter's thing? He had a female named Camilla. He had a song called Camilla. Ah, uh, there's the connection. Okay, yeah. I was like, where does this have to do with that? And okay. I, I think um, I think the model that showed up in the music videos was also named Camilla or like that was the character she portrayed was this Camilla person from a previous song that just was a reoccurring thing. So that's, that's where that came from. And it just never really left. And I'm, I'm okay with it. Like it's a pretty name. It's not my real name, but it works. Maybe one day I can like switch everything over to Nikki Panda, but I'm also building up the brand of Camilla Panda. So it, I kind of like that I, separation a little bit. Sure. I didn't know if you were looking to do the whole thing that some of these folks are doing now with, you know, being influencers and changing their name to their actual like handle where it's like, uh, Oh, I'm going to change it over to Camilla or I, I I met a couple people at West who were in the process of changing their name to like their gaming handle. And it's like, okay. All right. Oh you no, have, no. I have fun like with separation. that. <laughs> mm. I, I would like that separation just a little bit. Like it just, in my brain, it makes sense to keep it apart. That makes sense. No, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm in that camp. It's an aggressive move for anybody. That's right up there with getting some serious tattoo work on your face where it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's going to be tricky. But yeah, exactly. That's a that's a real move there. <laughs> yeah. I, I also realize like if this is a business opportunity and turns into like more of a business than it already has, like I don't want my real name to be my business. Yeah. That was, uh, I mean, when I started doing all this, it, you know, I was still Xbox handle, you know, and my, my handle Shanghai six was my old fake, uh, radio comms, uh, handle for when I was in Iraq. Uh, long story there is myself and the other two people in my gun truck had all been stop lost into the military, which means you can't leave. We'll let you know when you can go. Mm-hmm. And I had been planning on everybody who was in my gun truck with me had been planning on getting out of the military and then nine 11 happened. So they were all like, well, you're in until 2030. Sorry. And um, so I was, so internal communications, I would, I was Shanghai six. My gunner was hostage six and my uh, driver was uh kidnap six. It was just like a weird, like, you know, when we're screwing around on comms internally in the truck, you know, it was one of those things where, but that just stuck. You know, when in 2010, when I started doing game reviews and podcasting and stuff like that, I had to come up with a, you know, you had to come up with a nickname and 
Shanghai six stock. It was either that or it was going to be fat Ranger, which I'm glad I had a little bit of self, uh, worth there when I was like, no, you know, that might not be too good to, to go with. So, so yeah, that's, that's where my nickname came from. And yes, now it's, it's one of these things now where there are people who still run up to me and go Shanghai. And it's like, that is still my yes, that is my handle, and that's you know what I say. That's what I am on Discord and all that stuff. But it's also I'm the executive director for a fairly large charity now. Steve works too. <laughs> like I don't go into I don't go into meetings with Activision. Like hey, it's Shanghai here, guys. Like I'm not that kind of guy. Obviously, like there's there's a which I'm an old ass man at this point. So having a hip internet you know, call sign or anything like that. It's just, it seems weird. I'm not, you know, 21 and an influencer and be like, yeah, I'm sparky headshot 420 or anything. It's like, no, it just doesn't work. So, you know what I'm saying though? It's like, there's definitely an age where you go, it's like about the time when you turn in your hot topics card where you're just like, "I, I shouldn't go in there anymore. This doesn't really work for me or that kind of time where it's like, I don't know if the, the transition from, handle to real name and just go, Hey, this is who I is. This is real me. We're doing business here. Let's talk like adults kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck on that 420 joke. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Sparkle headshot 420. Or whatever. <sighs> but, uh, yeah. Huh? All right. I'm going to have to circle back to that. We the, probably need to talk about the charity a little bit, huh? Because yeah, <laughs> like, I'm looking at the clock. It's like, boy, we've been bullshitting for a while. Uh, oh, yeah, that happens. <laughs> I've I've done an interview at this point that lasted like two hours. And the first like 45 minutes, we were just having such a good time. I lost track of time. I'm like, oh, right. We should talk about the charity. We probably should, because I do have a hard out at one. I was like, oh, well, this won't take an hour. Oh, this is going to take an hour, clearly. <laughs> We're going for it. No, no, not at all. I love I love just bullshitting. It's nice talking to folks. It is. So I have a feeling I'm going to be seeing all between you and the connection with Tyrus, and then, you know, just now that events are alive, live again, it's like, oh, I'll probably be seeing you out there a little bit more, because he came up to me at Comic-Con. I'm like, you were at PAX. Yes. And <laughs> Vicky, right? It's Vicky, right? Something just fucking there's a third day of new york comic-con it was like i don't know what day it is anymore so i get it (laughs) (laughs) i feel bad but yeah it's one of those things it's the uh just the principle of you can only remember so many names and people at and at events and then after a while you know if you're not in that circle it's just like i can't yeah i saw you on an elevator three years ago it's like i don't know sorry guy i don't how do we want to do this like okay how have you been question mark (laughs) So, um, one, thank you for being on here. I appreciate it. Welcome to the Games Do Good podcast, where we talk about like this mixture Hi. of nonprofits <laughs> and games, and we'll dive into sciencey stuff eventually. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. 40 minutes in. Hi, my name's Steve <laughs> Machuga. I'm the executive director over at, did I get this right? It's over here. This guy, Stack Up. Boop. And uh, military charity supporting U.S. and allied veterans through gaming and geek culture. Primarily focused on mental health, suicide prevention, uh, just working to bring that number down. And it's not getting not getting any easier out there. It's just getting harder and harder every year. So we're, we're definitely trying. And we're getting more and more people coming in and utilizing our services. So it's, it's a good and bad problem to have. It's like being in charge of a homelessness agency right now where it's like, boy, we sure are busy. It's like... Yeah, good. 
like we had to open up a new suicide prevention uh, room in Discord because we were just getting overrun and it was like, <laughs> we're growing, yay. It's like, it means more people need our help and that's not great. So it's a weird thing to be excited about, the growth of an organization like ours. But So yeah, um, we, we have four pillar programs that we channel our services through. We have our supply crate program, which is the big one. That's how we started. And that's just us sending Xboxes and Playstations and switches to, you know, guys deployed to combat zones, folks recovering in military hospitals and folks who are just struggling back home. I mean, usually the Xbox is the first thing to go to the pawn shop. If Billy needs braces or something, you know, it's like, well, we got to keep the lights on. So we don't have time for this or we don't have money for this. So we got to get the money somehow. So that's and gaming is such an important part of a lot of folks, especially veterans, uh, Post 9-11 veterans definitely are big into gaming. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the conversations I have with C-level staff, like your CEOs and CFOs at organizations are like, well, I don't get gaming. But let me tell you about my 20-year-old. Oh, my God, it's all he does. Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. It's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, and that kid's going to take over for you someday. And then when he does, we're going to be in like Flint. So it's just a matter of time. We just happened to catch the wave a little early. I've been doing this since 2010. And... uh yeah, it's it's been growing every year. Every year there are more people who understand the value of getting people together in gaming. And I'm a little off t- off topic here, but we need to get back on the four pillar program. So we had supply crates where we send Xboxes overseas. That was how we started. We have our aerosol program, which is uh, sending uh, disabled or deserving veterans to various gaming events, studio tours, like Disney trips, uh, VIP experiences. We were just in Orlando last week for a private trivium concert. Uh, that was, that was really awesome. So like random things like that. Uh, now that COVID is kind of on the back burner, uh, we're definitely doing a lot more of live events. So that's awesome to be helping out veterans that way. Um, we have our stacks program, which is where we have about 30 teams globally that go out and do uh, volunteer work in their neighborhood, just kind of going out there and doing good stuff where they can. And lastly, certainly not least, is our uh, Overwatch program, which is our 24-7 suicide prevention team on Discord, which is uh, all volunteer, peer-to-peer support for trained volunteers that get out and just there available for Veterans, if they need to talk, if they just want to talk to somebody or having a bad day, we've got teams ready to go. So that's us. That is our four main programs. That is Stack Up. So, yeah. Y'all do a lot. And that's, it's weird to say like, that's a good thing, but it's when you're talking mental health, it's frustrating to see that there are so many people who clearly need help and they might not get it otherwise if y'all were not in existence it's it's funny how that worked you know there's a lot of there's a lot of mental health advocacy groups and awareness groups out there but they're not doing anything it's just like hey you should get help and uh our suicide prevention team came through each one of those programs came in succession in order where it was like we started with the supply crates and then as we built up a community around our organization you'd get a bunch of guys and gals, a bunch of veterans playing games together. And veterans have an extremely dark sense of humor. It's how they cope with a lot of things. And you'd get guys and gals in there saying some real dark shit. And it'd be like, if we don't do something, we're going to lose one of these folks. Like, they're just going to stop coming in one day and we won't know what happened, but they'll have killed themselves. 
And uh, it turned into this like, well, let's have like an informal, if you need to talk, you come into this channel and let's just talk. And it was so out of the gate, just blew our doors off. We're like, all right, well, we need to do something about this then. And it turned into one of our major programs. And it really changed the conversation about what I did, how I started this back in the day. Cause I just, I was just trying to help. Like I had some extra income from back in the day and I was just like sending Xboxes overseas. It was like, Oh, this is nice. And we would tell people about what we were doing. And I say, we, it was me at the time when we first started. Cause you know, running a charity is like, it's really just, you're doing everything yourself for a while until you find people that are like, Hey, that's awesome. I want to help. And you get a lot of people that like say that and then don't, you know, you get them for a week and then they're like, well, they wander off. There's a new shiny thing or disaster strikes in their lives. And then eventually over time, your volunteers become sticky and they actually hang out and help out where they can. And um, where was I going here? Oh, the suicide prevention thing where it became, it started off just sending Xboxes. And then when the suicide prevention team came on board, it changed the conversation pretty dramatically as far as like, hey, we're sending Xboxes to guys who are struggling in a position or in a bad place. And then they would write back. It's like, you don't know how important this is to how I feel. I was really in a bad place. Uh, I was not, I didn't want to be here anymore. And then I got this and I was able to reconnect with some folks from my unit from back home or just some friends. And that level of community, the virtual community is better than no community and a big, big precursor to suicide in general is a lack of connectedness, like people being isolated. And veterans love to isolate themselves. I mean, you hear all the jokes about how the best group event for a, a veteran is just like not, you know, when they when it cancels last minute and you get to stay at home. Like that's and that's a lot of civilian, you know, not just veterans, but a lot of civilians is like, oh, that's awesome. I can just hang out and not do anything. Well, a lot of veterans just are like that. Like they don't want to interact with the other they don't human good with other people, especially if they don't speak, you know, if you don't have somebody from your unit or you don't have somebody who speaks the language, so to speak, uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't know the veteran experience. Well, we can short, we can short circuit that by, okay, you're a civilian, you've never been to boot camp, you don't know what it's like to deploy to Iraq or Afghanistan or Syria or any of these places, but you know how to set up a destiny raid. And boy, let me tell you about this patch coming out for New World. This is going to be great. And that's the thing that gets them talking. That's the thing mm-hmm. that gets them out of their shells and gets them feeling like, oh, I can talk with this person about something that you also understand. And you can do that with sports or any other hobbies, but gaming is such a wide, like you can play soccer or football or anything like that. But at the end, like a lot of these other military charities, and sorry, I'm on a roll here. Just, oh, you're good. <laughs> Please keep uh, talking. A lot, of other, a lot of military charities, a lot of charities in general are like, hey, we build houses in Haiti or hey, we do disaster relief or hey, we go run marathons. And then at the end of the day, when they're all done with that, they go into their tents or they go in and they come back home and they go play video games. So we kind of dovetail in everywhere. And it's this neat like keeping guys connected in a way that most other organizations can't. So that's us. That's where we're coming from. And that's our, how we're helping. We've grown up a lot over the years, I guess is what we're saying. So. Yeah, that I was thoroughly (laughs) impressed. (laughs) I was thoroughly impressed while at PAX West, just like hearing the different programs and, and seeing all the stuff that y'all do, because while being a veteran is such a unique experience, like I, I did not go anywhere close to being part of the military. I don't understand a lot of what veterans go through. I can listen to their stories, but it's not the same as experiencing 
and right. like, I can I can be there for my friends who are in the military. But again, there's that language barrier in a sense where they they have their own way of communicating that I'm not going to understand because I didn't experience it. I wasn't trained in the in everything that they were. So mm-hmm. just that itself can feel so isolating when you're like, I feel like that's one of those things that makes gaming so important, especially with online gaming is you can connect with people who will understand that language, whether they're all the way in California and you're in New Jersey, but you were the same infantry unit or I'm trying to understand the language. So please forgive me if I mess this up. If, uh, or maybe <laughs> just like air force units, I don't know the technical term, but I think you understand where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course. <laughs> yeah. It's what makes stacked up. So like interesting to me too, is that you're, you're specialized, but you're also very broad. Well, um, yeah, we had to we had to stay very specialized because it turned into one of these things. When I started doing what I was doing with Stack Up, you know, and you tell people like, "Hey, I'm sending Xbox to Afghanistan," and like, "Why aren't you helping veterans get jobs?" or "Why aren't you helping veterans unemployment?" And it's just like, "Well, this is how I'm choosing to help. <laughs> like, this is my thing. I, sorry that you. I mean, if you want to do that, you certainly can. But I mean, this is just how I'm choosing to help out." and it gets very easy for folks to come along and go, well, you should do this too. Like everybody. And I mean, everybody, every civilian organization I talk to wants to do a tournament. They just love the idea of tournaments and we don't do tournaments. We're a mental health organization. now. Like we just don't, we, we do gaming, but tournament organization is a monster all on its own. And everybody sees that as a shortcut. Like, Hey, we can get a bunch of veterans together. It'd be great. We, you know, it's a great way to get people together. And it's like, okay, well, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. Like, this is not like a, hey, we're just going to do this cutesy thing and it'll be fun. It's like, what's your budget for this thing? Oh, budget? I'm like, yeah, budget. <laughs> it's like, we, so that right now is the current conversation I'm having to have out here in Los Angeles with everybody we're talking to, where it's like, oh, we should do a tournament. It's like, oh, okay, let's, let's hear your thoughts on, let's, okay, go ahead. And so here's why I'm going to say like, that's great, but it's not realistic. So it gets very easy for organizations to get, it's called mission creep mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, we should, you know, first responders are a perfect example. Like I think, you know, police, uh, uh, ambulances, any kind of medics, like they absolutely, there should be what we're doing for them as well. Like there, and there were a couple people that have taken stabs at it. And I think, but we just don't have the bandwidth or the language base. Like I don't, none of my folks are first responders. They don't have that come from that background. So us trying to squeeze that in would not, it's, it would be very difficult as opposed to, you know, and it's much like homelessness or jobless unemployment. I mean, it's, it's just, this is what we've, we've decided we're good at. This is what we've become good at over the years and focused on. And that's, these are the lanes that we're sticking into. As far as like, we don't want to be everything to everybody because there are plenty of other organizations out there that handle those. And we can just say, hey, we're not the folks for this, but you can go get, you know, a service animal over here or you can go get, uh, you know, your comp and pen exam over here. But we just can't do it all. No organization, especially our size, like we're, this is our first million dollar year, but we can't drift all over the place because. 
Sorry, I'm just keep oh, going. You, oh, you're fine. I was going to say like it's that's what makes it important to work with other nonprofits because sure, you could try to do everything and then get super burnt out and then probably just lose money or you can just go, "Hey, I specialize in this. You specialize in that. Let's do something together." Mm. Well, that was definitely, yeah. I So when I first started, it was a very much us against the world kind of mindset mm-hmm. because again, most civilian charities in the game space, right? Ch- charities in general, it was veteran versus civilian. That's a big thing coming out of the veteran space where it's just like, oh, these dumb civilians don't know shit about our experience. They don't know nothing. And it was very hostile. And it was us against the world and we didn't want to work with any of these other charities and this, that, and the other thing. And then we started, we had a couple events where it's like we're working with charities and it's like, oh, this is way easier. What are we doing? Like partners out there and people who are like, they would, hey, we've got a veteran in need and we thought of you guys. And can you, can you help this person? We're like, oh, that was very nice of you. Oh, how about that? Charity people being nice to one another. That's weird. So it took <laughs> a long time. And now we have, now we have partners all over the, all over the game space and all over the, you know, regular charity space. And I'm working out here in Los Angeles with a lot of, uh, their charity, uh, groups out here. And there's just, it's so much easier because you start taking care of one another because you all know what it's like to struggle and fist fight for dollars and resources and, you know, veterans to help. And there's never enough. There's always more than enough veterans to help. So just putting it out there like, hey, we're here to help and people will just, here you go. Here's every, all these people that we can help out. So it, it was a learning experience because then they become fans of yours and they start keeping their ear to the, to the ground as far as looking for opportunities for you and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, there's, if there's somebody looking for work, you know, it's like we're working with Call of Duty uh, endowment for finding jobs for veterans. And anytime there's somebody who's like, hey, this might make a good fit, we'll forward them over to them and say, hey, what do you think? So, and meanwhile, they give us all the Activision games we could ever want or need. So it's like weird, like horse trading goes on between the charities, which is nice. So, <laughs> um, I don't think I've asked this yet. How old is Stack Up? So Stack Up. Um, so I, I started another organization. We'll call it Stack Up Alpha. When I first mm-hmm. started here, uh, that was from 2010 to 2015. And then Stack Up actually started uh, November 11th of 2015. So we're going into year seven, okay. 2022, seven years. So, which is crazy. But it's, it's, it sucks that this other organization, like I didn't have that continuity, mm-hmm. but it was very nice that I got a fresh start with Stack Up, like the real Stack Up. Yeah. That all the lessons that I learned from the first five years and all the screw ups and whoops a daisy. Mm-hmm. No, you could do that. And all that turned into a new game plus situation where I took all that knowledge, just brought it into a new organization fresh. We trimmed out all the fat. We got rid of all the noise and nonsense. And we started this just all the mistakes I had made were left behind me. And now stack up is the representation of, oh, okay, I know how to do this now. <laughs> like I could save a lot of time and energy and speed run the charity game space. So, so yeah, that's. But yeah, I've been I've been doing charity work since 2010, which is crazy that I've spent almost a quarter of my life doing charity work now, which was not the way I saw my life turning out. But uh, yeah, I love helping people, which that was definitely a surprise because when I was in the military, the military is pretty good about though I be the lone survivor and taking care of yourself, and yeah, you're a team, but also get shit done and do it on your own and don't bother people and. <laughs> 
chain of command and it's, it gets very easy to stay in your own lane, so to speak. So mm-hmm. helping other people, helping other people in the military was seen as a weakness back in the day. So like help, you know, but aggressive amounts of help, like asking for how like post-traumatic stress and things like that didn't exist when I was in, that was just you being a coward and you would be flagged for leadership as like a problem. <laughs> so, oh. oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's not even talking about military sexual trauma, which was one of those things I didn't even know. I mean, I was in an all male unit, so it was not something that I dealt with, but at the same time, given what I know now in 2021 about, you know, LBGT issues and I mean, it must've happened, right? I mean, it's one of those things where, and then looking back and now co-ed units that, oh yeah, just ramp rife with sexual trauma and things like that. It's just, it's crazy. So yeah, there's a lot of, lot of need out there Mm -hmm. uh, space. Um, I, why did you start stack up then? Like I under, like I understand you're military, but if you had the other charity and then you started this one, Funny story. All right. So, so I brought in a business partner because things were starting to take off in 2013. Mm-hmm. And somebody, somebody was, somebody said, Hey, you should bring this guy on. He's, he's whip crack smart with business. I was like, great. I could use somebody. Cause I, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just the guys sending Xboxes to guys and uh, making it up as I was going along. Yeah. Which I still do today. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's not get it twisted. I don't have a degree in social or in uh, charity work or anything or social, social work or anything. So a lot of it's just like, I don't know, let's try it and see what happens. So hearing that there was a guy who was willing to come in and work with us was like, oh, great. This is awesome. I would love to have somebody who knows what they're doing come in. Well, that didn't work out too well. And over the years, what ends up happening is the guy more or less said, hey, if I'm going to be your business guy and I'm making the decisions, I need to be the guy in charge. So you need to put me in charge of this, like officially make me the executive director. It's like, fine, whatever. I don't. I don't care. You're here to help, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, you can you can see you know what you're you know charity space. You know where that's going. It's like okay, sure, whatever. We're friends, right? Cool. Um, and then as soon as we made that official, it started to turn into this like okay, well, we're going to do this now, and we're going to do that now, and and uh, he started stacking the board of directors with his friends. And by the time about 2015, yeah, by about 2015. When I by the time I figured out what was going on, because he he, he started treating me more and more like sh- like garbage. Um, by the time I figured out and got a lawyer involved, they were like, "Oh, he he's got you, he's got you all. Like you're you're done. Like he's got you screwed." So there's nothing you can do. Uh, your best bet would be to start over, and because if you try to take him to court, it's going to take six figures and multiple years. And the best you could hope for is that they just disband the charity for being run improperly. You're not going to get it back. And so it was a real bummer. Like that was a real hard conversation to have. And so, uh, when he finally decided to officially try to screw me over and like have me removed, uh, by signing some pretty aggressive employment paperwork, which was like, all right, you're every three months, we're going to have a review. And if there's any kind of, uh, you know, if there's any kind of malfeasance or anything, you know, it was a little ridiculous. It was one of those things like you will be fired immediately, you know, for, for cause. Um, and then there was the big, the big thing was the big thing turned into. And if you are for, if, if for whatever reason you leave this organization, um, 
you there is a one year non uh, compete clause, which means you can't do anything in the game space, you can't do anything in charity space for one year. And that was the well, I can't do that. Like I can't sign this paperwork. I have to get a lawyer. And the guy was like, Oh, we don't even get lawyers involved. Why don't you just be cool? Just sign the paperwork. It'd be great. You know, it's cool. And I'm like, I'm gonna get this checked out. And I had already known at that point what was going on. So this was like the okay, he's making he's pulling the trigger on this. Go ahead. Oh, that is an awful experience. Yeah, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. But it couldn't have worked out better because as I said, I took like when it all when it all went down, we had a pretty big community and when people heard what happened, they were incensed. So 90% of the volunteers came with me and then the 10% of people who were like, "Yeah, that's cool. That's just business, bro. You should have had your shit together. Why would you let that happen?" went with this other guy and that organization is, is he was very much a, if you don't want to do what I tell you to do, then screw you. I'll just go find somebody else who will want to do it. Now you can do that for a while, but over time, like if you treat your volunteers like expendable resources, you run out eventually. Yeah. There's only uh, so many people who are going to be interested. (laughs) Yeah. And he was so, and that's why we worked well together where he was this guy. And I, I tell it like it is like, I'm just this softy, like, Hey, let's have fun. Yay. Come on, everybody. And he's the guy who will come into your office and kick his feet up on your desk and tell you how it's going to go. And so the two of us together, it was a very interesting, like back and forth, good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Well, it can't all be just good cop and it can't all be just bad cop and bad cop didn't work out so well for him. So they ran, he ran that organization into the ground for the most part, but good cop seems to be working out pretty well for me. So turns out I kind of know what I'm doing with this, this stuff. Uh, and yeah, that's how that all worked. So that's why there was another, why would you give up that? It's like, well, it wasn't exactly my choice. Uh, I had someone helping me out the door, kicking me out the door without a parachute, but you know, I, I, I was able to get one over on him. So it worked out beautifully and he's still out there fumbling around. It's, it's, it, it's nice having an inept nemesis out there where he's just doing everything wrong and just <laughs> laughing at him. It's great. It's really cool. So if you could have told me back in 2015 that I would be sitting here and be like, yeah, it wor- couldn't have worked out better. I'd been like, oh, because it was a nightmare scenario. Like I had to declare bankruptcy. Like it was a lot of like, yeah, oh yeah. I had put everything into the charity. Like I didn't have a pot to piss in at that point. Like I was unemployed. Like that was my full-time job and I couldn't get work anywhere. I mean, so it was like, well, I guess we got to do another one of these. Let's see if we can make lightning strike twice. And for, it was a, it was a race to get stack up, up and running as quickly as we did. So. And like, just in that, in the years that you've grown since stack up, like it's like you said, this is a first million dollar year and that's incredible for an organization to hit. There's so many nonprofits that like after year five, they're like, I can't do this anymore. So they just, they just go away. Or they're like, oh yeah, well like, we'll just continue to stay small and not grow or anything, but y'all have just grown. Yeah. We're working on a project out here in Los Angeles. We call Phalanx as like a code name. And Mm -hmm. it's a, it marked a real big sea change for us. So we'll see how that goes, but that's uh, that'll be a 2022 project when we are able to announce it. And it's exciting. Actually, I'm going to go work on some of it today after we get out of here. I have a two o'clock appointment downtown. So, but yeah, that's, uh, and speaking of, we kind of need to start wrapping this up. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> Although I can just keep up like, I'm on a roll here. I'm like, yeah, this feels good. Let's go. I, so <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I would love just to keep talking and like diving, diving a bit further, but I understand. Oh, I will. 
time. Yeah, there's a Kotaku did a write up, and I'll, I'll have to find it. And uh, the believe it or not, from back in the day, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, like mm-hmm. the much hated Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, did an article about the breakup of my organization and how this guy who took over was a terrible piece of garbage. And, uh, and it was, it was like, it was for, for a solid six months, I was like pushing that article to people like, Hey, check this out. And then Milo went right off the deep end and it was like, no, 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 wait, wait, he was doing, he did this before he went insane. Like, so, so we can't use, I try not to use that article anymore over, it's a Breitbart article. And I used to be like, that used to be the thing. I'd be like, Hey, how you doing here? Check this out. It's like, and then people were like, "You can't share that anymore." It's like, but it's such a good article. It talks about every like I couldn't have written the article better myself. But it's one of those like, oh yeah, you can't. <laughs> so yeah, but I'll send that over to you for funds as you get a little bit more detail as for it. And if you want to put it in the show notes, like, hey, if you're really, just know we're not affiliated with Milo. Anyway, shape or form, that was from back in 2015 before things went crazy with him. So, and it was an Otaku but, article, right? Oh, we have a Kotaku article. I, or I think I think it was a Polygon one where it was like, "What happened over at this organization?" You know, or it's like, you know, so trouble brewing over at this organization. Yeah, and it was just like that was a very middle of the road. Like, well, it's like, oh, it looks like these organizations falling, but they didn't go into the reasons why. Mm-hmm. It was very much a that was a hard lesson to learn because this thing that I had put five years into as far as me going out and screaming to the rafters about how I had been wronged and justice and revenge and this, that, and the other thing. And I had about a week worth of air, like news cycle and then it all just went away and everybody went back to normal. And it was like, but this is still happening. It's like when you hear about somebody who loses a dog or a grandparent or they crash their car or they mm-hmm. can't do this. Or they can't, you're like, well, that's that sucks, but... I also have problems over here. And it was a, it was a real, this thing that was my entire world was coming down around my ears and people were like, wow, that's really sucks. All right, well, we're going to get back to work. I got my own problems over here. Like I can't feed myself and I can't, don't have time for this. And you know, my cousin's in the hospital and this, and it's like, you you can't expect people to drop everything and come to help out. So it's like, all right, we just gotta, I gotta be my own savior here. I gotta come in and save the day here. And thank God I was in the military because that's what, that leadership mindset of, all right, we got to do this. Like, what are you going to do? Die? No, one foot in front of the other and just keep going. And that's how it worked. So, all right, we've really got to go now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I got to get on the road. Real quick. But, uh, where do people find sure. you? Stackup.org, head over there. Uh, if you want to find out more, that's how you find me. Uh, social media, uh, you can find me Twitter, Shanghai six. That's my primary social media account. Um, my email's on there. Um, Stephen underscore Machuga over on Instagram. Like there's a million different, but for the charity, it's stackup.org. It's just that, just that easy. Head over there and find out more about our organization. And as you can see, I'm happy to talk about it ad nauseum. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. I appreciate it. And thank you for all you do for our veterans because it, there's a lot of organizations out there and they all do a lot of different things, especially with veterans, but having an organization that's focusing on the mental health and providing the opportunity to, have like veterans and folks deployed just take their mind off of their troubles via gaming is absolutely wonderful. So well, I certainly appreciate it. Thanks for, Hey, thanks for having me on. I know you're still figuring this podcast out, but uh, I'm glad that I could be part of it. A little bit. Yeah. It's nice to have folks on that like are just doing incredible things. 
Well, thank you again. And uh, yeah, when does this go live? When should I keep an eye out for it? Um, I want to say mid-November. I can try to tie it oh, into some other things going on. Yeah, but Veterans Day is November 11th, so that works perfectly. Yes. So real quick, I have to yes. do the thing that I do every time, and that's end the podcast with, okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Like Perfect. I do. <laughs>